Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Harley, we have another fantastic guest with us. That's why I love being a part of Believe. We are joined by our boy Rami, host of a In Flight Snack, a New York Jets podcast on Believe. So shout out to you for joining us. How is it going, Rami? Uh, it's been better, I could say that, but yes. has it really as a Jets fan? It hasn't really. So uh, I'm doing well. I can't complain. It's just another you know, season, another slap in the face. We're used to this already, and I appreciate you guys for having me. And yes, incredible to be part of the Belief family this year. And honestly, it's been like that. Every single week, I get another message from someone else in, in the Believe network saying, hey, let's do this together. Let's do that. And it's, it's been awesome to be a part of that. So I have to ask you one question, man, and you've probably answered this about a hundred times so far this season. How does it go from trading for Aaron Rodgers, hard knocks, Super Bowl expectations, to now being in the situation where you are right now? Um, honestly, and this is the realization I came to, I think, about a week and a half ago, where I was like, I wish they lost that game that Rodgers went out. Mm. Because we knew when Rodgers went out, the season was over. But the false hope from that point. And by the way, everyone talks about how it was so terrible you didn't bring in a backup quarterback to back up Rodgers. Zach Wilson could have backed up Aaron Rodgers if Rodgers had to miss a game, two, maybe even three. Right At the end of the day, they were four and three with Zach Wilson. Not because of him, but he didn't lose them those games. Mm -hmm. And I think the mistake happens once he went out. But I think the Jets kind of took this approach of, well, Aaron Rodgers is out. I guess we'll be back at it next year. And while it sucks that that was kind of their approach, now I kind of get it because I wish instead of getting the false hope like they always do to us and then just to get punched in the nuts at the end of it, I mean, I wish they just kind of at the beginning were like, yeah, this team is not going to be where we want it to be. This was built around Rodgers. And they just imploded from day one. But that didn't happen. And now the mess, it just snowballs. It seems to get worse and worse by the day. And New York media is crazy. And I, I work in it. I, I live it. I listen mm -hmm. to it. I'm a part of it. And it's just, I'm seeing it from all angles now. And to answer your original question, I mean, we're here, right? Aaron Rodgers is my favorite quarterback ever. And that was long before he was on the Jets. And so to get him and get him here and be like, this is actually our guy. And my father, who's a longtime Jet fan, longer than me, right, kept warning me, don't buy in. Don't just don't get hyped. And we were trying. We were That's how I started the podcast was we're trying not to get too hyped about this. But something about the combination of the being Aaron and, and the, the hard knocks and so many different things, it was like they pulled you in to the point where you were so hyped, so excited. And I was just mm -hmm. watching today, actually, somebody posted on Twitter, someone reposted a video from the first game. And Aaron Rodgers does his cadence hands the ball off to Brees Hall. They gained like 15 yards on the first play of the season. First play from scrimmage. I think it was actually more was like 26 yards on the first play of scrimmage on a handoff to the left side by Brees Hall. And the place is going nuts. This is one play in, and we didn't know that three plays later he'd be getting hurt. But I'm like, to think where we were then, and I was, I was at CBS Sports Network when the injury happened, and I just froze. I was just, I stood there, and I, and I knew right away. And I knew the season was over, but watching it play out as it did is so much worse than I could have ever imagined. So yeah, we were hyped. We bought in. I tried to temper my expectations. I didn't, I couldn't, and I paid big for it. Damn. 
That's tough, man. That's absolutely tough. Look, the last two years down here in H-Town, it's been rough for football. It's been absolutely rough. I mean, the sentiments of the season's over, especially when it's, oh, well, we hired David Coley. And then it's, oh, well, we hired Lovey Smith. You know, so now to have a refresh button in D'Amico Ryan's and actually play relevant football and be welcomed back into the group of 32. Feels great to be a Texan fan again. We play the Jets this Sunday. We had some news that came earlier today that the Houston Texans picked up Adrian Amos or Amos. I don't know how to pronounce the last name. Maybe you do. Uh, but uh, y'all waved them. We picked them up. What can you tell Texans fans about? It was an interesting waving by the Jets. I know they have depth that at the safety position and it paid off, right? Ashton Davis made really the only big play of the Jets game against the Falcons when he came in for Amos at set at safety. So I understand. I think it was just a numbers move for the Jets. Uh, they're trying to get a look at a lot of the younger guys and Amos, obviously a veteran. So it makes sense, but it also, this is what good organizations do. And congrats. You guys are a good organization now because whatever turnover happened like that, I mean, going from Deshaun Watson and his situation to getting him out of town and winning that trade in the way you did to now, it seems like you have the right man in the head coach and there's been mistakes there. I know, but he's a rookie head coach. There are going to be some mistakes and to go from him. Yeah. The thumbs up. It does that. It's Apple. I told you, Harley. I told you. So sorry to go on a side tangent here, but yesterday, I don't know if you guys are familiar with, uh, uh, Chris mad dog Russo, who used to be on, on WFAN now he's on ESPN yeah. he's on uh on MLB Network so if you do a like a peace sign also like this I don't know if it's gonna do it there it is yeah. the balloons go off and he did it on ESPN and the balloons he was yelling about something like he was angry about <laughs> something in the middle of his like ranch the balloons start going off on ESPN it's hilarious but I don't know it's something glitchy with the iPhone or the Apple not iPhone but Apple uh FaceTime camera anyway I was talking about the uh the Ash, uh, not the Astros, you guys wearing Astros stuff, but the Texans organization. So, yeah, <laughs> so the Texans organization, really good. I think there have been some mistakes, like I said, by D'Amico Ryans, but I think what a good organization does is, hey, this is a guy who's a veteran in the league. Even if he's not going to come in here and play meaningful snaps for us this week, he can tell us what the other team is trying to do. Mm-hmm. We know how good the Jets defense has been and they've broken at times because of the offense letting them down so much. So I think there are two games where it's been like they kind of broke, but this defense is legit. And I think um, it's a good job by the Texans. And of course they have an incredible rookie quarterback. Obviously the rookie receiver just went down. It's, it sucks. Um, I think it's a great organizational move though, to bring in a guy from the other side and just kind of help you out in practice, even if he doesn't play, like I said, meaningful snaps this week. But he's the type of guy who's a veteran, probably mm-hmm. can plug and play at safety and see what happens. I want to ask you about Aaron Rodgers, man, because the last couple of weeks is, is this guy coming back? Is he not coming back? He's walking without a boot. He's at practice. Right now, he is defying what we've seen from a medical standpoint, right? But how do you feel about Aaron Rodgers trying to come back? And do you think at one point we do see him or does he wait till next year? Um, I think today he kind of said on McAfee that the goal was the 24th. That was his goal from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And 
it seems the goal is pretty much dead because it was going to rely on the Jets being relevant. Now, Mm -hmm. the report by Ian Rappaport on Sunday is concerning to me. The report was that if Rodgers, even if he's not going to come back because the Jets are dead, he would be the emergency third quarterback so he could put the uniform on again and feel like he did overcome and feel like he was triumphant in his pursuit uh, to come back faster than anyone in history. And ultimately, I think that would be a victory for him. Why I say it's a mistake potentially, because knowing the Jets' history, both quarterbacks will get hurt and Rodgers will have to come in in a meaningless game. That would be the worst case scenario, of course. Um, But uh, uh, that said, I do think for him, he had a motivation. There's nothing wrong with a guy being extra motivated, no matter what the motivation is. And I think the young guys can learn from it. Mm -hmm. I do think he put that to rest today, saying pretty much, if they're dead, if they're out of the playoffs, one more loss, whether it's this week or next week against the Dolphins, I don't think we see him again this year. Mm. We got a meeting between two former guys that were on the same coaching staff in San Francisco, being Robert Sala and D'Amico Ryan's hell. They were all the way back here in Houston when Sala was a coach and D'Amico Ryan's was a player. Uh, hey, man, what can you tell us about Sala and the matchup between him and D'Amico Ryan's? And fans keep telling me they he, he's going to know D'Amico. He's going to know the offense. Well, D'Amico was with Salah, so wouldn't he also know what's going on? I, <laughs> muddle the confusion. I think it's interesting with uh, that type of thing. We've seen it now a few years with uh, Salah, obviously, and LaFleur in, in Green Bay. We've seen it with Salah yeah. and obviously in Miami with Mike McDaniel. So there's been kind of this thing where these coordinators or former coordinators who are all together with the Shanahan system, whether it was Washington and now in San Francisco, they're all over the place, right? And most of them outside of Robert Sala are having success. Now, I think Robert Sala hasn't gotten a fair shake uh, just because he hasn't had a quarterback. It's been three years and he hasn't had a quarterback. But That said, if you're looking at the matchup, the Jets have been an undisciplined mess for most of this year. I think D'Amico, like I said, has made some rookie mistakes as a head coach, but I think he is on his way and he's shocking me. I mean, I was looking at D'Amico Ryan's as sure you could be a great football player. Mm -hmm. We saw it last year. Jeff Saturday came in. He's a great football player. Doesn't mean you're going to be a great head coach. He's proven me wrong, right? He's come in and it looks like he might actually be a really good head coach. Um, And sometimes the players respond to that even better. Uh, I don't know what to make of Robert Sala. I don't know if he's a good coach. I think it's sad to say that in year three, we truly don't have the answer, uh, but it's unfortunately the case. Um, and the one thing we do know is that this team has been undisciplined. So, and when you talk about the Jets knowing the or their defense having an advantage, look, the defense is always going to have an advantage against a rookie quarterback. But mm-hmm. when a guy like <laughs> CJ is so special, it's it takes away that. I mean, look, I do think the thing is what's beaten the Jets this year is staying disciplined, staying patient, not taking the big plays, almost playing boring-ass football for four quarters, just let the Jets beat themselves. Can a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback do that? Will they stay disciplined enough to say, we're going to hand the ball off, we're going to throw it underneath, we're not going to take risks, we're not going to... They didn't. They threw it twice at, at, at Sauce Gardner last week with Desmond Ritter. Twice, the whole game, that's it. They're not trying to beat Sauce Gardner. They're not trying to beat DJ Reed. They're waiting for that mistake to happen and just slowly methodically move the ball downfield. They scored 13 points, the Falcons. It's not like they put up a ton of points on the Jets. Five of those 13 came on short fields, right? So again, this isn't like 
rocket science here. Or sorry, 10 of the 13 came on short fields. This is not mm-hmm. rocket science here. This is just if, <clears throat> if CJ and D'Amico can be patient enough, I think the Texans have a great chance in this game at beating this Jets defense. And if they can't, if they get impatient and they try and make big plays, you're basically letting the Jets defense make plays. And that's really the only side of the ball that you have to worry about if you're the Texans, mm. because the Jets offense isn't doing anything. We don't even know what the starting quarterback's going to be. So Houston Texan offensive line against uh, the, uh, this game on Sunday, five sacks allowed. And what could you tell us about this New York Jets defensive line? How vicious are they? We know it's pretty good. You have one of the best young defensive tacklers in the NFL over there. But what can you tell us about this Jets D-line? I want to say this not only because he came on our show and now he's a friend of our program. He's a friend of the Believe Network. But he's also... There's been so many things going around about this guy this year that I think are not true and this defense defense not just the defensive line this defense starts and ends with Quinn and Williams Quinn and Williams is a top three defensive player in the league and as far as defensive tackles and dominant defensive tackles go interior defensive lineman it's him it's Chris Jones it's Aaron Donald that's it there's nobody else from the interior defensive lineman that are at that level he has three guys every single play of and look sometimes it doesn't show up because it's not showing up in the stats this year he doesn't have a ton of sacks this year i went to the games i go to the games and i'll hopefully i'll i have I'm still undecided about sunday i really want to see cj in person i'm a season ticket holder so it's not like i don't have the ticket the question is do i want to sit through another jets terrible loss i just ate the tickets last week i couldn't even give them away last week the falcons game so i, I tried trust me but it was raining Nobody wanted to go see the Falcons play the Jets, and they were right. There was only one game in the NFL that was worse than that game, and that was the 6 nothing game up in New England, right? So, <laughs> again, I've watched uh, Quinn Williams on every snap, and what he does to disrupt a defense, the timing. When there's a screenplay, he knows how to jump out. He, he is one of the smartest, hardest-working guys. He does not care about the stats at all. He just wants to win. That was the sentiment he echoed again and again and again when he came on our show. We asked him a ton of questions. We asked him about his brother, uh, Quincy, who's playing so well. We asked him about CJ. We asked him about bringing Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't care about any of this stuff. He just wants to win. We asked him about the sacks. We asked him about the big contract he just signed. Nothing. He just wants to win. So he is so happy for his teammates to go make the plays. Like, look at that play in the safety. The one play I talked about with Ashton Davis, right? So Quinnen shoves three guys into the backfield. I've never seen a guy on a handoff be so far back in their in their own end zone when the safety happened. He was like a good eight yards deep in the end zone oh, because yeah. Quinnian just shoves him all the way back. And then Ashton Davis comes in and makes the tackle. And Quinnian's looking to go celebrate with Ashton because he's like, I, I didn't do anything. But he did. That play doesn't happen if you don't get three guys in the lap of the running back right from just blowing up the play from the start. The year that Bryce Huff and Jermaine Johnson and all these guys are having is because of how good Quentin Williams has been. So they rotate all the defensive linemen, whether it's Clemens, whether it's Jefferson, Tenzel Smart, all these guys have been awesome for the Jets. But the one guy who makes it all happen for them is Quentin Williams. And it continues to be that way. And I, again, I can't say enough about Quentin Williams. If that's a place where if, if they're going to disrupt 
the timing, like I said, you're going to want to run the ball as much as you can. You're going to want to run quick play action stuff. You're not going to want to sit in the pocket and wait for slow developing plays because Quinn Williams is going to get back there and you don't want him chasing around uh, or letting or really letting other guys chase CJ around all day. Not to stir away from the game, but you have mentioned that uh, some feels like the underlying tones of maybe some frustration with Robert Salad at coach and, you know, not to stir away from the game, like I said earlier, but is there any sentiment that many uh, people across our fan base have looked at a few of your players and there's other 31 other teams that have looked at Quinn and Williams and Garrett Wilson and some of their frustrations. We've heard Garrett Wilson just a few weeks ago voice his frustrations with New York Jets. Uh, is there any uh, is there any chance that maybe, I don't know, these guys get so fed up that they don't want to be there no more? Like, or is it maybe just a head coaching change and you know, redial in everybody, or maybe it's no code head coaching change. What do you got on the situation? Uh, again, I, I feel bad to put this all on Rogers. How uh, on, sorry on Salah? How could you put yeah. it all on him? But it's at the tough. same time, you're hearing it in the media. You're hearing players. That's part of the undiscipline is players going out and talking in the media. Players going out on Twitter and tweeting things about this team. It's not good. It's not what you want from a professional organization. And Aaron Rodgers talked about it again on McAfee today, saying we have to tighten it up. We have to find out who around here and the next five weeks are going to make a big difference. I know the season might be lost and they're out of it. You lost six in a row to end the year last year. You can't do the same thing this year. You have to, even if it hurts your draft status or whatever it is, you have to get a couple of wins or at least play well enough and just clean some things up just to give me hope for next year. Otherwise, how do you keep Robert Sala around? How do you keep a guy who's been here for this long and still some, we're seeing some of the same mistakes repeat themselves in year three? I know he hasn't had a fair chance. I know he's had the quarterback situation that's been awful. But again, I think everything changes when Aaron comes back. To answer your question about what could happen going into next year, you have a Hall of Fame quarterback. Everything changes. The offense looks better The everything there, there's more accountability across the board. Cause there's somebody holding you accountable. Look, there's a lot of things that are different. I believe if Aaron Rodgers is here and would have been different this year, if Aaron Rodgers is here, this is not a team that would be four and eight. If Aaron Rodgers is here, I'll tell you that right now, the record would probably be reversed. It would probably be eight and four. I'm not saying they would have been 10 and two, but to think that they couldn't have been seven and five, eight and four with Aaron Rodgers here, especially when you look at some of the games and how they lost them and they could have easily been wins. Yeah. I think, Sometimes that's all the difference you need is Rodgers. Uh, but also, I think, yeah, if if they lose out or win one more game the rest of the year and it really gets messy, I don't see how you can bring Robert Sala back. How do you think he handled the whole Zach Wilson situation? Because everyone gave up on him early, but it was Robert Sala really, you know, putting it all in for the guy. You know, just don't worry about it. Just keep on playing. Keep on playing. When everyone else was saying dude, this dude is not the answer. Why do you continue to defend him? And then one of our commenters has a question. Is the turf at MetLife a real concern? I want to answer the second question first, and I'll get to Zach Wilson. Uh, yes, I think the answer is yes, it is a real concern. Um, again, I don't know. I talked to Bilal, obviously. Bilal said he loves playing at MetLife Stadium. Uh, but that's that's my co-host, Bilal Powell. He played at the, at, for the Jets for nine years. So 
I, but I mean, how could it not be right? You, this game, when especially when it's wet, how many injuries were there again against the Falcons? So, yeah, I think there's a real concern there. Um, they, meaning John Mara and also John Mara, Steve Tish, the owners of the Giants and the Jets, obviously, and the Johnsons don't seem to want to change it. They just changed it this year. It hasn't been better this year, obviously, starting with Rodgers. Daniel Jones didn't get hurt there, but there's been injuries across the board for both teams. Um, and then a lot of visiting players, especially, like I said, in the game when it's wet against uh, the Falcons on Sunday. So I don't see how you can possibly say it's not a concern when clearly evidence shows it is a concern. Uh, and I don't think there's enough people saying otherwise. So I'm not sure. Uh, they just changed it. I don't think they'll change it again. I know they'd love probably real grass there, but who knows what's going to happen. Ultimately, the Jets can get out of their stadium contract, I think, next year. Um, and that mm. would be a great time to maybe move somewhere else. Maybe go play uh, the new complex that Steve Cohen is building out there. Uh, there's going to be a soccer field. There's going to be a whole gambling scene uh, where the Mets play. So maybe that's the type of thing that... Uh, the Jets try and build something there. I don't know. But I think you you try and get out of that MetLife Stadium contract. As far as Zach Wilson, he handled it as poor as you can, Robert Sala. Because, look, last year, you handled it poorly. You had everyone in the room wearing Mike F and White t-shirts while this guy's the starting quarterback, right? So that's bad. But to think you get a second chance at it, no one thought Robert Sala was going to have to deal with Zach Wilson ever again, including Robert Sala. He's like, I have Aaron Rodgers. This doesn't matter. I don't have to worry about handling Zach Wilson ever again. My life is made. And then four plays in, you have to handle Zach Wilson again. Like I said, it was a bad situation for him to be in. They should have gone and gotten a backup. I don't think before the season, I do think you could have survived a couple of games with Rod with Zach Wilson as the backup. But once Rodgers went down, they should have gotten a real backup for sure. And... At that point, they didn't, and Robert Sala didn't handle it well at all. Robert Sala did the exact same thing he did last year. And you talk about him saying mm -hmm. that he's confident in him. Well, I think when Zach Wilson's play really went from like pretty bad to awful was when that comment came out on the Michael K show. Obviously, the Yankees play-by-play -play announcer. He obviously works for ESPN yeah. uh, as well and on the radio. And when he was talking about... Zach Wilson, he said, I plead the fifth like to to what's you know, that's crazy when when he asked about his confidence in Zach Wilson and he said, mm. I plead the fifth. That means it's not his decision and he doesn't want to start Zach Wilson. And all of a sudden, the confidence in Zach Wilson is totally out the window. So everything you're saying in the press conference, even though those are positive things, obviously, you don't truly feel that way or you wouldn't be pleading the fifth when talking about him publicly. So, uh, yeah. Two years in a row, if you want to look at more things that speak negatively for Robert Sala, that's two more things that how could you look at those things and say Robert Sala is this great head coach? If anything, he's shown otherwise. I mean, Zach mm. Wilson has said he reported reluctant to play this Sunday against the Houston Texans. Man, who's playing at the quarterback position? Is it Brett Ripien? Y'all just picked him up from the practice squad. Hell, I mean, he looked half decent with the Rams. Obviously, the Rams don't have Nathaniel Hackett as their play caller. How has Hackett uh, – that would be the second question. How has Hackett been for y'all? Because he was just a, absolutely abysmal at Denver. It's funny. Uh, so about who's starting this week, uh, your guess is as good as mine. Uh, I the, hmm. the report about Zach was walked back, and then Tim Boyle gets cut. I don't know if Tim Boyle was the one who reported that, because, you know, Aaron Rodgers then talks about cleaning things up and tightening things up. 
So I don't know if that's who reported it. I have no idea, but they contradicted. They they came back and they said, no, Zach never said that. Zach came to Robert Sala's office and said, no, I do want to play. I don't think they'll go back to Zach just yet, although maybe they should. Brett Rippon, I, I think he has as good a chance to start as anyone else. If I had to guess, it would probably be Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon really didn't get a oh, fair yeah. shake last week, right? You're coming in down 14 nothing cold or whatever it was, down a touchdown cold. You have, hey, it's the fourth quarter. You have three drives to try and bring us back when everyone knows you have to throw. And like, this is a terrible situation to be in. And as far as Nate Hackett, I mean, Salah basically put all the blame on Tim Boyle on Sunday. After the game, they asked him, Why, how do you think Nate Hackett was today? And he's like, well, when you watch the All-22, you'll know the answer. And if you watch the All-22... There were guys open all over the place, wide open all over the field. They, they basically, the Falcons put seven, eight guys in the box every time. And we're like, all right, we're going to go one-on-one with all your wide receivers beat us. And guess what? The re- Jets receivers beat them all day long. Garrett Wilson was running wide open all over the place. And they had no one to get him the ball. In fact, so many of the times, Tim Boyle didn't even look that way. They didn't even throw it where he had Garrett Wilson. All they needed was one touchdown. They lost by five. All they needed was one touchdown to win the game right? And he had probably three chances at a wide open Garrett Wilson downfield and never even threw it. You can't, you convert one of those and the Jets will win the game. That's, that's crazy. So I don't think Hackett's been great. I don't think he's completely like blameless here. You have to blame him somewhat. He hasn't been awesome, but (laughs) I, at the same time, I also, um, (laughs) I see that comment. That's funny. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, I I feel your guys' pain because, and again, Texans fans before this year can feel what Jets fans are going through this year. But really what I've gone through, do you know this stat? Here's a stat for you. The last Jets quarterback to start and complete and play every game of a season was Geno Smith in 2013. Like how insane is that? 10 years, that's a decade. We haven't had one quarterback start and complete every game. Isn't that nuts? Like. God gives his toughest battles to his toughest soldiers, man. And and look, like, you know, you guys go from obviously one of the best quarterbacks in Deshaun Watson to all the stuff that happens with him to how you've recovered from that to now have CJ. And I mean, again, you guys have to be thinking you're lucky stars every night that some Carolina Panthers, whoever's running that show are a bunch of idiots, apparently, (laughs) because like, I I don't know, Bryce could still be good. I don't want to judge him after, you know, in a bad spot, 10 games, rookie year, whatever. But he's not CJ Stroud. I'll tell you that much. CJ is special. I mean, Bilal was sending me stuff from his like two, three games in, even before you guys started winning a bunch of games. Bilal sending me stuff like, check this kid out. This kid knows what he's talking about. His, he was sending me post-game press conferences and different plays and, and coaches clips and stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, yeah, this kid is special. And you could see it right away with CJ. And, and so I'm happy for you guys. That's that's awesome. Um, and back to the Jets. Look, like I said, not absolved completely as Nathaniel Hackett, but he's not been as bad as some people want to make him out to be. At the end of the day, there's zero quarterback. I think if this team has Mike White, mm-hmm. there's six and six right now. There's other options that they could have had that they just don't have. I think if they had Joe Flacco, they could be five and seven, six and six. I'm not saying this team would be, again, eight and four. If they had Rodgers, they probably would be. But at the same time, Aaron Rodgers said himself, like, there's a lot of stuff that's not in this offense that I do in this offense. Mm -hmm. And so when you have something like that, there's not really a whole lot you can um, do. You can't. It's hard to overcome that when it's so reliant on one guy. And then the question becomes, should you have been so reliant on that one guy? And when... The guy is Aaron Rodgers, who's a Hall of Famer. The answer is probably yes. Like if if you look at me and say, mm-hmm. knowing what you know, go back to August 30th 
and do it all again? Do you do it the exact same way? I would say 100% I would do it the exact same way yeah. because he's Aaron Rodgers. This is why you brought him in. This is why you brought Lazard in. This is why you brought Cobb in. This is why you brought all these guys in. I would do it again, even knowing how it plays out. It's like asking a Nets fan, like, would you go get Kyrie and KD and James Harden again? Of course they would because he had a chance. Kevin Durant's shoe was a half a shoe size too big. Otherwise, you beat Milwaukee in that series. So, again, it, you can always play the results. It's so easy to play the results. But go back in time and look at it from, from a sense of where you – and by the way, that's what the Jets are going to do. They're going to go into next year and be like, we're going to run it back. We're going to trust that we made the right move by bringing in a Hall of Fame quarterback who's one of one special, special talent and see if it works this time. Who knows what that will be like coming off an Achilles tear. I don't know at 40 years old. But – I still think the move was the right move. And so we'll probably see them running running it back. And I'm not sure that's a mistake. Mm. I would like to see it. One more for me. What do you think will be a key for the Jets offense to get it going against this Houston Texans defense? We're feeling quite uh, confident last week. Our secondary finally played a game together, starting secondary Jimmy Ward, Jalen Petrie. Derek Stingley and Steven Nelson. But what do you think the Jets need to do to try to move the ball and find some success against the Houston Texans defense? Well, just this is interesting. This was just put out. So Brett Rippon was not only signed to the practice, he was signed to the active roster. So he's going to be active, I assume, on Sunday. So I just saw that. But um, so it's not like he's going to the practice squad. He's right away. All right, he's here. You know, um, I think they have to activate him Sunday. Mm -hmm. To answer your question about um about the Jets offense hit open receivers. I mean, that takes <laughs> shots and hit open receivers. I think the Texans are going to do the exact same thing. Put eight guys in the box and say, beat us. Eight guys in the box, one-on-one <laughs> -on -one with Garrett, wow. have someone shadow him, and then say, all right, Jets, throw it. Can one of these three guys, Brett Rippon, Zach Wilson, or Trevor Simeon, or hell, Aaron Rodgers in a boot, I don't care. Can one... Even if it, you know what, Dalvin Cook, he wants more snaps. Play him at quarterback. Can one of these freaking guys hit an open receiver or at least attempt to throw it to an open receiver when a guy's running open, wide open, 50 yards downfield? That's the key for the Jets. Can they take those shots when they're there and make them? Because, like I said, if the Jets score, I think obviously, look, CJ Stroud and the Texans offense, even without Tank Dell, is a much better offense than the Falcons offense. But if mm -hmm. the Jets score two touchdowns in this game, I like the chances of winning, but they haven't scored two touchdowns in three months. I don't know. Like, it's crazy. Damn. Hey, man, I, I got to say it. I got to say it. Ruben knows where I'm going with this. Derek Stingley's better than Sauce Garden. Uh, uh, again, it's not true. I understand that people like to hate on, on Sauce this time. It's, it's just not true. Sauce is a special, special talent. And I know there's been like this national we hate Sauce conversation going on this year. Watch the coach's film from the game against the Texans. I mean, against the Falcons. Insane. This guy is special, special. I mean, Drake London had, I think, one catch in the game. This guy is shutting him down the entire game. I think the catch, by the way, was on DJ Reed. Like, that's that's how crazy. This guy is crazy. He's incredible. So I don't think that's true. Uh, I love, yeah, again, it's not, it's not true. Still not true. I love, uh, I, I love sauce. I think he, you know, okay. He fell off from last year. People are saying last year, he was the number one corner in the league as a rookie this year. He's the yeah. fourth best corner in the league. Well, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, okay. So he's the fourth best corner in the league this year. I'm so sorry. He's fallen off. No, he, you know, it happens. Guys takes a lot of times in their second year. 
the league adjusts to them a little bit and he'll get right back. And he played one of his best games of the season, I thought, uh, on Sunday. Uh, the guy, by the way, put up the question. I see it here. If you guys don't, it does Amos give some insight into the offense? Asked and answered. So, uh, yes, I, I I do think that is that's that's why they brought him in. And mm-hmm. I think it's a very smart move by the Texans to bring him in. Mr. Rama, we want to thank you for coming on and talking to us about this Jets team. You have Harley shot and I, yeah, I can't see. Is that, what is that? Are they, is he holding up a sign of what pitch is coming or how's that work? It it says we want, (laughs) you know, when y'all cried and asked for us and we whooped y'all's ass, swept y'all, you know? Oh, look, I'm with you that, but whatever we we could go for another 45 (laughs) minutes. If we want to talk Yankees, I'm telling you, is Altuve a legit villain in New York? I don't even know. Like I respect him at this point. Like, like, like the way Boston fans should respect Derek Jeter, like Derek Jeter owned you for 20 years. Like, how could you be a villain? You owned us. Like I'm, I'm, I think I'm the only Yankee fan who has this opinion, by the way. I, again, I don't even think it's a rivalry. How could you call it a rivalry? When one team's consistently winning and the other team's consistently losing. The Yankees have consistently, like you said, since 2015, you said this before we got on, the Yankees have consistently lost the Astros since 2015. How could you possibly say it's a rivalry? It's not. The the Astros have owned the Yankees. God bless. Mr. Rami, where can us Houston Texans fans find all of uh, your work? So that's a lot of places, loaded question. But I host a, a podcast called the Rami Love V podcast, which is on the Odyssey Network. Uh, obviously, WFAN, um, uh, which is the biggest sports radio station, I think, in the world. I, I love working mm-hmm. there. It's fantastic. I actually do produce the Yankees for them sometimes. Uh, so that's fun. Get to work with John Sterling and Susan Wallman in the radio booth. So that's yeah. really fun. Uh, and obviously, of course, on the Belief Network, In Flight Snack is the name of the podcast. It's named after Rex Ryan, former head coach, and the guy who drafted Bilal Powell. So Bilal Powell, <laughs> former Jets running back, nine-year Jets running back, was is my co-host. Awesome, awesome guy. Um, and we have so much fun every week, even though the Jets have been uh struggling we talk about everything we don't just talk about the jets we talk about his career we talk about different stories that have come up some really fun stuff so check it out we talk about broadcasting mm-hmm. we've had some people on hopefully we'll have kenny albert on soon we just had his producer wow. fran morrison wow. last week um oh, yeah. obviously like i mentioned we had quinn and williams on and some of his other quincy nunwa some of the other Bilal powell um uh I guess teammates, including we should eventually have a, a former Texan and Ryan Fitzpatrick on also. Hey. So we, yeah, we, we should get it. Uh, we should get everyone on. So it's yeah. going to be fun. It's, it's going to continue easy. to be fun. Yeah. So follow along. Bro, them not making the playoffs that year. You know how many times we talked about 2015 on and off the air? You know, it was like the first question I asked Bilal. I was like, <laughs> dude, like we, he called me um, he, like the first time we met. And he's, I was like, dude, can I ask this? I don't want to be rude. What the fuck happened in 2015? Like, just like, seriously, week 16 or week 17, you go up to Buffalo and you lose to Rex the way you did. And I'm like, what happened? Right. So, um, yeah, uh, we've talked about it a lot, but I'm sure if once we have fits, we'll probably have fits after the season's over and he's done with Thursday night football, but we had a Nunwa. We'll have a bunch of those guys, B Marsh, uh, Brandon Marshall from the 15 season. We'll talk about all that stuff. Um, obviously Bilal still close with a lot of those guys. And I get to see some of those inside relationships because a lot of those guys still are back in the media, back working with the Jets. So I get to go see them at games sometimes, like I said, a season ticket holder. Uh, so I'll hopefully be at the game. If not, if you guys are looking to buy tickets, if I decide I can't make it on Sunday, hit me up uh, at Rami Lavi at Rami underscore Lavi R-A-M-I-L-A-V-I on uh, Twitter or X. And you can, uh, if you're looking for tickets to this week's 
Jets Texans game. Hit me up, uh, and we'll talk about that. Do you guys need a score prediction? I see a score prediction here. If you want, go ahead. Give us a score prediction. Uh, I'll go twenty-four to nine Texans. Wow, the first guests Ooh. predict against their team. Am I really? Yes. You, you guys are, are having yes. a bunch of homers on. What's wrong with you? Me and Bilal <laughs> pick against the Jets every week. <laughs> There's no one believes in us, man. And it, it's been that way all year. And, you know, rightfully so. No. Only seven wins Maybe combined the, in the last Maybe two the years. Panthers, and, guys. Oh, dude, the Panthers, we were talking. We were you guys, talking some You guys trash, are the perfect place to be. I, I'm so jealous of you because the year before the year is always more like i don't think they're competing for a super bowl this year the texans but the year before Mm -hmm. when it's unexpected when you're the fun team kind of like the yankees in 17 i know we ran into a houston team that was cheating but before then we like (laughs) that was the year where the yankees weren't supposed to compete in 17 and all of a sudden they come out of nowhere they win the wild card round obviously they win the wild card game then they they go and they and they win in cleveland in five games after being down 2-0 and then they take Houston to seven. That's more fun than the following years when you're expecting it. So what was that again? What was that? They, they went. They they did what? They, they lost ran into Houston. Houston. They, they, oh, they lost okay. in Houston. In Twenty-seven straight curveballs, right? Ah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what happened. Um, they just they couldn't hit there. It's actually funny because the the, the, huh. the the Astros really couldn't hit in Houston that series either. Like again. Like they didn't hit that much. Like you talk about, they knew the pitches were coming. Sure. And I know it's a big advantage and they cheated and like the, the punishments should be way more. I mean, Rob Manfred's a joke calling it a, a piece oh, of metal. Like again, and I said this before we were on the Astros res- I have so much respect for the Astros because they came back and they did it again. They turned over the roster multiple times and they did it again. And then in 22, when they won like that solidified everything. And I don't know, care. A lot of people are like, Oh, you have to win at least back to back championships to be a dynasty. The Houston Astros is one of the best dynasties of the of recent memory in sports. Mm. Like, okay, I'm a Yankee fan and I'm saying that, you know, I, I work for the Yankees and I'm saying that. So I, I don't know what to tell you, but uh, if Yankee fans disagree with me, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I look, I love the Yankees. I, they're not the Yankees I grew up with. Obviously, you know, I grew up first few years of my life. I was very little, but I somewhat remember what it was like to be a Yankee fan when it was, when it was a right to win a championship, we were entitled <laughs> to it. Um, but it's it's not the same anymore, and that's okay. Uh, I got my Knicks and Rangers right now, keeping me going. You know, we have the in season tournament tonight. Uh, I don't even know how I got off on this tangent, honestly. But um, yeah, hey man, we the love year sports, before man. the year is what I was saying about the Astros. The year before the year is the year mm-hmm. that's special. So I think this year for you guys, uh, enjoy it because next year you're gonna come in with high expectations, and it's gonna be, is it is it us? Or is it, or is it Will Levis, or is it, or or is it the uh, the Jags in the in the in the division? Like, who's going to be the team in the division, right? And obviously, Indianapolis with a healthy Anthony Richardson. Look what they've been able to do even without Anthony Richardson yeah. and Shane Steichen, what he's done over there. It's yes. a really fun a division that's been like the joke of the NFL for a couple of decades is now going to be one of the most fun divisions in the NFL, in my opinion in that AFC South, right? Like think about yes. those four teams and young, talented, fun teams. I think, you know, I think the Titans are a little bit on the lower end of that. I don't think Will Levis is as good. Obviously Derrick Henry is kind of out the window and who knows what happens. Obviously if the head coach ends up going to new England mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So, um, but between you guys and the Jags, who I think still like, even like they're going to choke every big game. I know last night, like Lawrence got hurt, but by the time he got hurt, it should have been 40, nothing when he got hurt. Like, how do you let that happen? Jake Browning, and that's another thing about the Jets. Jake Browning goes out there. He's a 
backup quarterback and he goes out there and he and he's tearing it up the jets can't find one guy on their roster to do that they've played four so far this year they're gonna play a fifth this weekend and they can't find one guy to even look close to jake browning i digress uh you guys are going to have fun for a long time but next year it's gonna be tough there's gonna be expectations enjoy the rest of this season and what cj's done is special he should go win the rookie of the year i'm i'm rooting for him i i want to go see him on sunday because he's gonna be fun to watch i still have a bunch of tickets even if i do go so um uh, hit me up for tickets. I, I love seeing. I, I love seeing. I root for greatness. I root for good athletes. And so you guys asked me about Jose Altuve before. I root for greatness. I I, I don't find myself hating on players who are great. I don't hate uh, LeBron. I don't hate like you know guys that generally people hate on. I don't like to hate on them because I think if you're truly a great athlete, like we should just appreciate it and enjoy watching it. So I feel that way about CJ. I don't think the Jets are going to win on Sunday, but. I can't wait to watch CJ Ball, especially against a tougher defense uh, in the Jets defense. I'd like to see what he does. Harley, before we go, score prediction. Uh, way too early. Score prediction, sure. Why not? We're playing the Jets. I mean, I, I'm, I'm expecting a blowout from the Houston Texans. Maybe not to – maybe towards the second half they just start pulling away because they're the better team. Um but I'm looking along the lines of like 23 to maybe 12. I mean, I don't expect a touchdown from the Jets. I expect field goals. If anyone has Greg, Greg Zerlon the kicker, right? I, Greg I, the I, leg, baby. Legatron. Pick them up in fantasy. If you don't got them, hit the overs on them. I would definitely expect that. So I'll go, like I said, 23, 12. I'm going to go 21-9 Houston Texans. Guys, thank you for being a part of today's episode brought to you by Bet Online. Believe in the Houston Texans. You guys have a real blessed rest of your day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.